Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Scary Mysteries. I'm Andrew Fitzgerald, and if you followed our channel or podcast at all, then you know that today's topic is one of my favorites. And we've dug deep to find some stories you've yet to hear about, but we'll be fascinated with, no doubt. So when I was young, my mother and I were driving home one night when we actually spotted a UFO in the sky, and ever since then, I've been a believer. It was high above, and it looked like a star, but... It was making fast, acute turns in a way that seemed out of this world. I'm a believer, but whether it's actual aliens from another planet, another dimension perhaps we're seeing into, or something of our world that we don't understand, I don't know. But they are out there. If you guys have any UFO stories of your own, then go over to our Scary Mysteries YouTube page and comment under this video. And for even more content from us, Our podcast called Every Town is getting more and more popular by the day, so you want to go give that a listen after this. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and now, here are five alien encounters from students from around the world. Number five, Ariel Elementary School in Zimbabwe. You're probably asking, can children be reliable eyewitnesses? especially if we're talking about UFOs. Well, research does suggest that kids can actually be more truthful than adult witnesses. However, for this upcoming story, you'd be the one to need to decide if there's any truth to their retelling. 20 miles southeast of Harare, which is the capital of Zimbabwe, lies a small agricultural town called Rua. And within that, is a school named the Ariel School. As expensive as it is, most of the pupils at that school in the past were from wealthy white families residing in Harar. But sometime between September 14th and 15th of 1994, there had been reports going on around about multiple UFO sightings throughout southern Africa. Witnesses said that they saw numerous bright fireballs passing through the night sky, At that time, a local radio station opened up their lines to accommodate callers reporting about what they had seen. Most of them said they believed what they saw was a comet or a meteor, but a lot of them were convinced that what they saw could really be an unidentified flying object. On the 16th of that month, kids at Ariel were outside in the field for their mid-morning break. 
The teachers and school personnel were inside having a meeting. At around 10 a.m., their break had ended and the children returned to class. Once inside, they barraged their teachers about the weird thing that they saw on the field. The same thing happened when they returned to their homes where they pestered their parents about their strange encounter at school. Many of the adults quickly dismissed them as random ramblings concocted by their wildly imaginative minds. However, some parents did go to school the next day to ask what really happened and were told about the commotion. Concerned, they reported the incident, which then caught the attention of a local UFO researcher named Cynthia Hind. Hind then decided to visit the school to interview the children, and she heard the kids telling her the same story of one or more silver-colored spacecrafts descending from the sky and landing on the field near the school. They also said that one or more strange-looking creatures dressed in all black came down and approached them, and the otherworldly beings then telepathically communicated with them. Things then got even more disturbing when Hind went on to ask them to draw what they saw, which they actually obliged to, and much to everyone's surprise, all 62 children who claimed sightings were able to come up with more or less a consistent visual representation of what they had said. More experts then went down to the little town of Rua to talk with the kids. They also found out that aliens gave them a telepathic message about our planet's deteriorating condition. The Rua sightings still remain unexplained, but regardless of the years that have passed by, several of the young witnesses that have now become adults themselves have maintained that what they saw was real. Number 4. Crestview Elementary School For an incident to capture the attention of not only the public, but the authorities as well, that tells you something that this is no ordinary occurrence. This fiasco began back on April 6, 1967. A kid who goes by the name of Jonathan, was in the schoolyard of Crestview Elementary School in North Dade County, Miami, Florida. It was way past recess time and most of the pupils were already inside, and Jonathan's teacher, Mr. Robert Apfel, went out to get the straggler back to class. It was at this moment that Mr. Apfel noticed the child staring blankly into the sky. Jonathan urged his teacher to look up at what he was watching, and despite his hesitance, he followed the cue. What they saw together was beyond what they could comprehend. Right before their eyes was a metallic craft flying overhead, and it wasn't the same as what they would usually see, which is why both the teacher and the student were dumbfounded. Not sure of what they had witnessed, Mr. Apfel and Jonathan decided to not pay attention to it, and neither of them expected to see such a strange sight again, but the next day's event proved them wrong. The following day, on April 7th, Jonathan and the rest of his classmates were out in the same field. Before their teacher could even holler them back into class, three strange objects reportedly hovered in the sky above them. One of them, looked the same as the craft that Jonathan and Apfel had seen the previous day, and the two others supposedly looked like cigars. Just like what happened on the first day, 
All three unidentified objects then vanished rapidly from their sight. As described by some of the children, the spaceships zoomed straight into what seemed like an unseen portal or gateway that swallowed them whole. It was estimated that there were about 200 people, including faculty members, who witnessed this entire incident, and as such, this raised the attention of the nearby community, especially several military bases and airports in North Dade County. Children recall the presence of multiple military personnel coming to school to interview the witnesses. And interestingly, they were made to believe that the mysterious objects they saw were just three low-hovering helicopters who were just happy to pass by. They were then told that it was impossible that they could be UFOs and that all 200 of them had to have been mistaken at what they seen. Even into their adulthood, Jonathan and the children of Crestview Elementary School in North Dade County strongly believed what they saw was out of this world. However, the strange insistence by authorities would make everyone assume that perhaps they had something that they had been hiding from the public. Number 3. Hillside College According to science, a physical trip from our planet to another star system closest to us would be a multi-generational journey, meaning we would have to be in a deep sleep for eons before we could set foot onto another habitable planet. That's just how unfathomably wide space actually is. So, even with that scientific improbability of extraterrestrial beings visiting Earth, many are still convinced that they can do so. It was the evening of March 21, 1966, when the girls of McIntyre residence at Hillside College in Dexter, Michigan, encountered something that would forever change their lives. That night, the students saw huge circular flashing lights hovering over the school's botanical garden. The few who saw it first shrieked in utter surprise, but soon almost every inhabitant in the dorm went to their windows to check what the fuss was about. And there, they all saw an intense silver-white light radiating, and it was headed directly towards them. In their retelling, some girls said that they saw the light starting to flash red, then white, They quickly realized that it wasn't really flashing, but the heat had apparently been increasing in intensity. It was so alarming that this actually prompted them to call the civil defense. Things escalated quickly from there. Hillsdale County's civil defense director advised the witnesses to observe the object and call again if it didn't disappear, and strangely enough, it didn't. This urged the director to call the police to check on the fiasco that was happening at the school. Close to 100 people observed the phenomenon with their very own eyes and word spread quickly like wildfire. And that was even without social media. Soon enough, hundreds of people came circling around the streets of Hillsdale College, hoping for just a chance to get a glimpse of the mysterious lights. The police, meanwhile, were busy going after leads phoned to them about flying saucers hovering around the area. The commotion eventually caught the attention of the U.S. Air Force and brought them onto the scene. After some investigating, officers said that what the girls saw was actually marsh gas, which was produced by the swamp 
in the botanical garden. So, according to officials, the lights were just actually flares of gases that were burning. The decomposition of rotting vegetation from the botanical garden produced methane, or marsh gas, which was then trapped by ice during the winter season. When spring comes around, the gas then tends to leak through, and when ignited, it usually forms a ball of fire suspended in the air. But school officials refuted the claims, saying that the garden was not that significantly large enough to produce such immense gas leaks. Some said it could be young male college students playing pranks on the girls, but this claim couldn't be substantiated as well. So, what exactly were those orbs seen outside the Hillsdale College dorm? To this day, witnesses are sure that it wasn't swamp gas. However, the officials say that it was. So, that's just it. And now, it remains a mystery. Number 2. Westall High School The sheer number of remarkable stories, disturbing tales, and inexplicable occurrences related to UFOs should be enough to convince anyone that these can't be just a hoax or a hallucination. However, some sectors in our society insist that these phenomena are nothing but the figment of our imaginations. In a Netflix documentary series, called Top Secret UFO Projects, one episode discussed the baffling story of what has come to be known as the Westall Incident. It all happened in Australia during a mid-morning break on April 6, 1966. Students and teachers from Westall High School, now called Westall Secondary College, were out from their rooms enjoying recess time when all of a sudden they reported seeing a weird-looking flying object. The witnesses, who reportedly numbered around 200, described the thing as gray or silvery green in color, and it was shaped like a saucer about twice the size of a family car. The object made a descent, flew above the high school building, and then disappeared behind a lump of trees nearby. While they were still reeling from that occurrence, the bizarre object then reappeared around 20 minutes later. From the trees, it climbed at such high speeds unknown to them. The aircraft eventually disappeared towards the northwest side of the sky. But the strange occurrence didn't stop there, as some eyewitnesses said that they saw yet another five unidentified aircrafts of different designs pursuing the gray flying saucer. This controversy consequently caught the attention of everyone, which then prompted media outlets to visit the area. Interestingly, out of all the newspaper, radio, and television networks hounding the place, only but a small part of the story came out to the public. It was a standard cover-up, so to speak. None of the interviews were broadcast, and the photographs taken were kept secret as well. To make it worse, some of the students said that after the incident, American secret agents went to all their families telling them never to speak about what had happened ever again. In what seemed to be an attempt to quell the confusion, authorities explained that the flying saucer seen in April of 1966 could really be nothing but a runaway balloon from the Hibble Project. A Hibble, or a high-altitude balloon, are balloons used to monitor radiation levels 
After British nuclear tests were done at Maralinga in Australia, a representative from the project said that Hibble balloons have a silver-white appearance, which coincided with the statements from the eyewitnesses. More than 50 years have already passed, but the majority of the Westall students who bore witness to the anomaly stood by their belief and the truth of their words that what they saw was not simply a balloon. Number one, Broadhaven Primary School. Pembrokeshire, a county in the southwest of Wales of the UK, is known for its stunning tourist spots. Whether you're there for some breathtaking views of nature, the alluring historic locations, or the great unknown, the Welsh countryside is packed with surprises for all sorts of visitors. In fact, any travel vloggers and bloggers alike would never dare fail to mention this one eerie incident that helped further cement. Pembrokeshire's global fame. It was the summer of 1977. A group of schoolchildren were out in the yard of Broadhaven Primary School when, out of the blue, they saw something strange hovering above a nearby field. The students, who numbered at around 15, said that they saw a narrow, cigar-shaped flying vessel that had a dome on it. Another remarkable aspect they could remember of the aerial craft was the light above it, which flashed from yellow to orange and then to red. Right in the middle, they saw a humanoid figure dressed in a silver suit, and it appeared as if the entity was piloting the entire thing. The flying vessel reportedly hung in the air for several seconds, while the children stared both in disbelief and fascination, and just as quickly as it appeared. The UFO then vanished in a flash, right before their very eyes. The kids couldn't contain the excitement, thrill, and bewilderment they felt. They rushed inside their rooms to tell their classmates and teachers about what they had seen, and of course, the adults, annoyed by their seemingly disruptive behavior, admonished them and went on to dismiss their tale as nothing short of fantastical imaginings. Now alarmed by the mass hysteria that it seemed to have created, the school headmaster summoned the eyewitnesses into his office. Determined to find flaws in their so-called fairy tale, the principal called the children in one by one to give their personal account. And for better measure, the official asked them to draw what they had seen. Hearing their strikingly similar statements and seeing the drawings that were very much alike. The school officials still were no less convinced that what these children said could actually be true. But word further got out, and in a few months, the Ministry of Defense announced that they had received several reports of strange flying objects encountered around West Wales. For instance, motorists recounted seeing the same oddly shaped spacecraft zooming past their roofs, and the radio and television inside their vehicles jammed in the process. A manager of a hotel called Havenfort Hotel, located in nearby Little Haven, said that she was also confronted with two faceless humanoid creatures that came down from a cigar-shaped flying vessel. More similar reports of encounters followed soon after. Even then, though, nothing conclusive was drawn out from all these controversies. 
The Broadhaven UFO, as the phenomenon is now being called, persists to be a mystery, and this in turn becomes part of the county's allure. So that's going to do it, guys, for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate us and share this content with your friends. If you want exclusive content from us, want to chat with us directly and much more, then go check us out at patreon.com scarymysteries. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.